Shalom to all. Today we're going to be learning the very first two Mishnahis in Mesechus Yavamas, the first Mesechta in Seder Nashim. And just like we're starting this Mesechta together, we should be Zechta to finish it together and all of Shas Mishnahis together. And today's Mishnahis are being learned Le'ilu Nishmas, Mars Chaya Basrib Chaim Leib Halevi, Her Nishama should have an Aliyah, and Le'ilu Nishmas, Mars Naomi Basrib Zev, Her Nishama should have an Aliyah. Now we're going to have quite the long introduction, so fasten your seatbelts. So, firstly, this Seder as a whole, Seder Nashim, discusses all things related to Jewish marriage. Now, the name of this Mesechta, Mesechus Yavamis comes from the word Yibam, which is actually a mitzvah in the Torah. What's this mitzvah? So the Pasuk tells us that when a man is married and dies without children, his brother has a mitzvah to marry his wife. Why is that? Lahakim la'achiv shem Yisrael says the Pasuk, to establish a name for his brother in Klal Yisrael. And that means when a child is born from this new marriage, in some way, the deceased brother, the brother that died, has a continuance in this world. And this act of the brother marrying his brother's wife is called Yibam. As the Pasuk says, Yavama Yavai Aleha, her Yavam should live with her. Now this concept of Yibam itself is quite the Chiddush, because we know that there's 21 Arayas, forbidden relationships in the Torah. And Eishas Ach, the wife of his brother, is one of them. We know a person's not allowed to marry his brother's wife. Let's say if they got divorced, a brother is not allowed to marry that woman. And that makes Yibam a unique mitzvah in as much as this is the only situation where one is permitted to marry his brother's wife. Now Yibam isn't just a nice thing, something optional, that if the brother decides he doesn't want to, everyone could go on their merry way. In Gemara terminology, the widow is connected to the brother by what's called Zikas Yibam, a bond of sorts that connects these two people. Either this bond is strengthened by Yibam, by them actually getting married, or if the brother doesn't want to do Yibam, then he must do what's called Chalitza, and that severs, that breaks the Zika. And Chalitza is a whole process in which they go to Bezdin, she takes off his shoe and spits towards him, and the whole thing's quite the Hatzaga, as we say in Hebrew. Now before we get into more details, let's clarify a few terms. The man doing Yibam is called the Yavam, and the woman is called the Yavama. Now while she's awaiting Yibam, she's called a Shemeres Yavam, which means she She's waiting for the Yavam, and the act of Yibam itself is called being Miyabeim. And we just had this term Zika, that's the connection, the bond that the woman has to her brother-in-law before Yibam happened. And a few more important specifics about Yibam before we begin the introduction to the first Mishnah. Firstly, if there's more than one brother, so they all have the Zika, and also, the discussion of Yibam only starts if the husband doesn't have children. But if the husband, which died, has children, or even grandchildren, even though they're from a different marriage, no Yibam happens. However, if she has children from a different marriage, but he doesn't, then there is Yibam. And now getting into the first Mishnah. Now we're going to speak out a lot of what's actually written in the Mishnah, and that way it's going to be easier to understand it when we learn it inside. So Yibam can only happen with one wife. So let's say Reuben has two wives, which was mother back in the day, then only one of them requires Yibam or Chalitza. And once that happens, the other one, who, and this is called very important, is called the Tsara, the co-wife, she's free to marry whomever she wants. Now, another important factor is that Yibam may only happen if the wife is permitted to that brother. However, let's say she's an erva to him. For example, now we're going to use names. We have Ruvain and Shimon. Those are brothers. And Ruvain married his niece, Shimon's daughter. And then Ruvain dies without children. Shimon cannot do Yibam to his own daughter. And there's no mitzvah. Now, let's take this scenario a step further. Let's say Ruvain has two wives. One of them is his niece, Shimon's daughter. And the other one is a random woman. And then he dies without children. So not only is the niece Potter from Yibam, because obviously Shimon can't do Yibam to his own daughter, 
but the tsara is also pater. Now, this case that we just mentioned and similar ones that the first Mishnah talks about. And again, let's remember these important terms. A co-wife is called a tsara, and let's say she's the co-wife of a woman who's an erva to the yavam, so she's called a tsaras erva, a co-wife of an erva. So let's jump into the first Mishnah. Chamesh Esrei Nashim, teen women, paitar tsar sehen, v'tsaras tsar sehen, menachalitzo menhayibam, ad saifa ailam. These women pater, they're tsaras, they're co-wives, and their co-wives' co-wives from Chalitza and from Yibam until the end of the world. Now, before we get into these 15 women, let's explain what the mission just told us, that they pater tsaras tsaras sehen. They're tsaras tsara. What does that mean, the tsaras tsara? So here's where it begins to get a little bit more complicated. Remember, we had our case that Reuven and Shimon were brothers, and Reuven had two wives, one of them, which is an erva to Shimon. Again, the example we're using is that it's Shimon's daughter. So if Reuven dies without children, there's not going to be any Yibam over here because Shimon's not allowed to do Yibam to his daughter, and he's not going to do Yibam to the Tsara, to the co-wife either. Now, let's say there was a third brother in the picture. There was Levi. And Levi decided, hey, Shimon can't do Yibam, but I'm going to do Yibam. And again, he could do Yibam to one of two women, either Shimon's daughter, which is also his niece, or the co-wife, the other woman. And Levi decides to do Yibam to the co-wife, to the Tsara. And Levi also has another wife. And then sadly, Levi also dies without children. So now we're back to a Yibam situation where both of Levi's wives are falling to Shimon to Yibam. Now here's the thing. Neither of Levi's wives are an erva to Shimon. However, one of Levi's wives used to be Reuven's wife. And when she was Reuven's wife, she was Tsara's erva. Because remember, she was the co-wife of Shimon's daughter. And Shimon wasn't allowed to marry her because of that. And that carries over into this scenario as well. Shimon is not allowed to marry that co-wife. And he's also not allowed to marry this co-wife's co-wife, meaning Levi's other wife. And this continues on and on, no matter how many brothers there are. And we're going to speak this out more in the next Mishnah. And now the Mishnah says, Ve'eluhain, these are them, meaning these are the 15 women that are going to not only be potter from Yibam and Chalitza themselves, but they're going to potter their tsara and their tsara's tsara forever and ever. Now, these cases could be complicated. We're going to try to keep them as simple as possible, especially since we don't have the ability to show pictures. Pictures are always easier. We're going to make do without pictures. So the first one is Bitai, if Ruvain's married to Shimon's daughter. And that's the case we've been using until now. Ubas Bitai, Ubas Benai. Or if Ruvain's married to Shimon's granddaughter, that's either the daughter of Shimon's daughter or the daughter of Shimon's son. Bas Ishtai, if Ruvain's married to the daughter of Shimon's wife, meaning she had this daughter from a different marriage. Ubas Benai, Ubas Bita or Shimon's wife's granddaughter, which means it's his wife's daughter's daughter, or his wife's son's daughter. Chamaisai, if Reuven's married to Shimon's mother-in-law, ve'im chamaisai, or Shimon's mother-in-law's mother, ve'im chamiv, or Shimon's father-in-law's mother. Achaisai me'imai, if Reuven's married to Shimon's sister from his mother, meaning it's Shimon's sister, and Shimon and this woman share the same mother, but she's not Reuven's sister. Achais imai, or the sister of his mother, meaning it's Shimon's mother's sister, in other words, Shimon's aunt, but this is not Reuven's aunt, because Reuven and Shimon share the same father, not the same mother. Achais ishtai, or the sister of his wife, meaning Reuven and Shimon are married to sisters. Ve'eshes achiv me'imai, or the wife of his brother from his mother, meaning Reuven's married to Shimon's brother's wife. And the reason why this is not Reuven's brother is because Shimon and his brothers are brothers from the same mother, whereas Shimon and Reuven are brothers from the same father. Now, here's an interesting case. Ve'eshes achiv shaloi hayabailamai, the wife of his brother that was not in this world. What does that mean, the wife of his brother who wasn't in this world? So now we're going to switch the case up a bit. Over here, we have Reuven and Levi, which are brothers, Shimon's not in the world yet, and Levi is married and he dies without children. Ruvain is Miyabim, his wife, he does a big mitzvah, 
And then after Reuven does Yibum, then Shimon comes into the picture, which means Shimon's born. And then after Shimon's born, Reuven dies without children. So Reuven's wife technically now is falling to Shimon for Yibum. But the problem is, this woman used to be Levi's wife, but she was Levi's wife before Shimon ever existed. And that means that Shimon does not have a heter to marry her, because the only heter that he has to marry his brother's wife is if he was alive when she was his brother's wife. But Shimon wasn't alive when this woman was Levi's wife. So in regards to Levi, Shimon doesn't have any heter to marry her. That's what Aisha's Achiv Shaloi Hayabailama is. And the last of these 15 women is Kalasai, his daughter-in-law. Let's say Shimon's son was married to this woman, and then he either divorced her or he died. And then Ruvain married this woman. And then Ruvain dies without children. Shimon's not allowed to marry this woman because she's his daughter-in-law. And once again, the mission repeats itself. These women, they pater their tsaros and their tsaros tsaros from chalitza and from yibom until the end of the world. Now, another factor the Mishnah tells us, v'kulon, all these women, meaning all these arayos, im mesu, if they died, oi mianu, or if they did mion, which we're not going to discuss now, oi garshu, or if they got divorced, oi shenimtu ailaniyos, or if they turned out to be an islandist, which means they can't have children, they're saying mutaris, their tsaros are permitted. Well, the Mishnah just told us that this woman who's an erva to shimen, if for whatever reason, she's not considered married to Ruvain anymore before Ruvain dies. For example, this woman herself died, or she did Mion, which means she walked out of the marriage, or she got divorced by Ruvain, or she turned out to be an islandist, which means she can't have children, and that means that the marriage is not really a real marriage with Ruvain. And then after any of these things happened, Ruvain died without children. So this woman's tsara is permitted to Shimon, because the woman who's this erva to Shimon is not really considered married to Ruvain at all. And the message just clarifies, We're not able to apply this to three of the women mentioned in the Mishnah, namely if Ruvain's married to Shimon's mother-in-law, or the mother of his mother-in-law, or the mother of his father-in-law, we can't say about them that they turned out to be an islandist, which means they can't have children. Of course they had children. They're the mother-in-law, or the grandmother of Shimon's wife. And we can't say they did Mian either, because Mian is only for someone who's under 12 years old. And she obviously can't be under 12 years old if she's Shimon's mother-in-law or grandmother. Now moving on to Mishnah Beis, and again, we already spoke this out, but the Mishnah is going to now tell it to us, Befei Rosh, how is it that the tsar is pater from Yibam? So let's say Shimon's daughter or another one of these Arayas is married to his brother Ruvain, and Ruvain has another wife as well, and then Ruvain dies without children. So the same with the Shimon's daughter is pater from Yibam. He obviously can't marry his daughter, so so too her tsara is pater as well. And we continue explaining as we mentioned very briefly, let's say the tsara of the daughter Daughter. Shimon's daughter's tsara, her co-wife, married a second brother, meaning married Levi, and Levi has another wife, and then Levi died without children. The same way that the tsara of Shimon's daughter is pater, so too her tsara is also pater, meaning Levi's other wife is also pater from Yibam. And that's even if there's a hundred brothers, which means let's say there was a brother named Yehuda, and then he was Miyabim Levi's other wife, and Yehuda also had another wife, and then Yehuda died without children, so Shemin is not allowed to marry Yehuda's other wife, because she's Saras Saras Tsara of his daughter, and so on and so forth. Now the Mishnah clarifies what we said at the end of the previous Mishnah, Ketzad imesu Tsar Sehen Mutaros, what's the situation? That if they died, the Tsar is Mutar, so again, we spoke this out in the previous Mishnah, but here this Mishnah tells it to us 
Let's say Ruvain's daughter or one of the other Arayas are married to his brother Ruvain, and Ruvain has another wife. Let's say Shimon's daughter died before Ruvain died, or she got divorced before Ruvain died, and then his brother Ruvain died. So her tzara is now permitted to Shimon because there's no erva involved over here anymore. And the Mishnah concludes. Anyone who's able to do Mion, but she did not do Mion, which means one of these Arias is married to Ruvain, and she's under 12 years old, so she's able to do Mion, but she did not. So then the Tzara is not free to go, she needs Chalitza, but there's no Yibam. And the reason for this is because when a girl is able to do Mion, she's able to walk out of a marriage, as we said, that means she's under 12 years old. This is not a full-fledged marriage, it's not Midairaisa, it's only a marriage Midairabanon, and therefore the Tzara is not 100% permitted, she would still need Chalitza. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow with Mishnah Gimel and Dalit with more cases. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.